Hello, and welcome to The Blueprint, lifestyle design podcast, unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized life. And now, ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future, here's your host, Andrew Lord. Hello and welcome back to The Blueprint. Thank you so much for being here. You know, we got our podcast up on iTunes this week, which is really exciting. And I saw there just how many options that you have to choose from, which which is great, but it also made me extra especially grateful to you, my audience, people who people like you who put their trust in me and in this community to help you learn and grow. You know, that really means a lot to me. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate you tuning in. Now, if you're new to The Blueprint, we are all about unpacking and exploring the source code of success and how we can scale our impact through education. And today we are talking with a man who has done just that. He's been really successful in the world of business and now he helps other kingdom entrepreneurs And I'll explain what that means in just a minute. He helps them to build a bigger, more successful business so that they can have a positive impact in the world. If that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, you're really going to enjoy this episode. So today's guest is a business mentor and a friend of mine, Wes Hone. And to be honest, I'm pretty excited to be doing this interview because uh, Wes is a man on a mission. You know, he He chooses really carefully how he uses his time. He chooses his time really wisely, and he always has that purpose of having a greater impact in the world. And so I do feel especially blessed that he's sharing his time with us today. Wes is the founder of Business Greenhouse and the Kingdom Business Network. He has coached more than 240 different companies and helped them to earn more than $500 million in extra revenue. So that's a big number. He really knows what he's talking about. He's married to the lovely Kimberly, and together they have three beautiful girls. Wes is passionate about helping believers, men and women of faith, to create and grow an impactful business and to further advance the kingdom of God. So just a caveat on that for everyone listening, uh, we will be talking on matters of faith and how that outworks itself in the world of business. So if that's not for you, you know, if that offends you, probably best for you to tune out now. Um, and I, I guess number one, I'm sorry to hear that because you're really missing out on a beautiful synergy there and no one unpacks that like Wes can. And two, maybe, you know, maybe just maybe what we cover today could be the missing piece of your success. And perhaps you haven't considered that before. All right. So for everyone else, you are definitely in for a treat. Wes, it really is a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Blueprint. Uh, It's great to be with you, Andrew. Looking forward to it. All right. So before we jump into this, can you just tell me a little bit about your background, you know, how you grew up, all of those sorts of things, just what went into shaping you as a person? Sure. Um, So I was born in uh, in a town just outside London called Reading, uh, spelt Reading. And, um, and so, you know, that's, that's an interesting place. Um, you know, I've had a bunch of events in my life that have happened for me, uh, as much as, you know, I had my, my parents split when I was eight. Uh, that's an interesting dynamic. Um, Mm. you know, we, at the age of 14, we upped and left England and, and migrated to Australia. That's a, you know, that's an interesting event. And so, uh, all of those events are absolutely wonderful. If I can be Mm. totally honest, they are. 
They are great lessons, great learnings, great opportunities uh, if you can dig them out. Mm. And, uh, and and I spent a lot of time doing that. So, yeah, I kind of grew up, but uh, business was always my thing. Mm. I was not particularly academic. Uh, I think I probably could have been more academic, but it just didn't. It just didn't do it for me. And that's yeah. a bit of a cop out, but it just didn't do it for me. And yeah. I didn't apply myself. And, uh, and and because I always knew from the very beginning that as soon as school finished, I was going into business. Yeah. And I knew that, you know, if, if, if I got a good score by the school system, it was not going to help me employ me. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't too bothered about what that score was. I was interested in getting as many life skills as I could. So so yeah, I kind of went through there and then and then as, as soon as school finished, I, I got a few jobs and worked my way up into some management positions. And then at the age of 19, I moved back to England actually uh, for a little while and started my first official business there, which was window cleaning. Okay. Uh, and uh, and I had, uh, from that day to today, I've built and sold eight companies. Yeah, cool. So you seem to have a, you know, really clear vision, you know, from really early on. Um, did you have other people around you that helped to shape that or, um, you know, was it just something that was burning within you all along? No, they helped me shape it, but not in the way that you would think. Hmm. I learned what I didn't like from okay. my environments, which helped me shape what I do want. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I kind of grew up in that typically English middle class home where on the outside, it looks like we've got it all together. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a it's a beautiful house and all those sort of things. But but it was crumbling. And, you know, there was lots and lots of arguments around finance and money and things like that. And mm. and I just decided that's that's just not me that I, I, you know, I didn't have it all together, but I knew that's what I didn't want. And yeah. so. Um, so yes, it did, it did shape me, uh, mm. but there's been nobody in my business as far back as I can see that's, that's run a business. There's mm. been no, there's in my family, sorry, there's been nobody in my family that, that has run a business. And so that's interesting, right? Yeah. You know, for me, it was just a case of, um, I think, I think in a way I spotted the system, mm. right? The system of, uh, you know, come out of school with good grades, potentially get a job for the rest of your life, sign up to cars you can't afford, houses you can't afford, and then mm. that's you for 30 years. And then hopefully you've squirreled away enough money to retire. And yeah. I think I spot, maybe I couldn't have put it in those words, but I think I spotted that when I was fairly young and just thought, yeah, that's, that's not for me. That's mm. not my cup of tea. And so I wanted to explore something different. Yeah. I think some people spot it, but they don't have the courage to actually walk away from it. So, I mean, that's admirable that you, that you said, you know, that is definitely not what I, what I want. So, um, yeah, that's encouraging to hear. Um, can you, uh, unpack for us, you know, you, you do a lot of work, um, around kingdom entrepreneurs. Can you unpack and just ex explain that a little bit for us? You know, what is a kingdom entrepreneur? Um, you know, how is business uh, mixed with faith? How is that different to, um, you know, what people traditionally might see as capitalism or, or um, you know, doing business in the world? Yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a capitalist, so just put that down on record. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason why I'm a capitalist is because I hate the alternative more. Yeah. Um, so kingdom business, what is it? Um, I, I would put people in two categories. I would call people Christians in business and kingdom entrepreneurs hmm. and, and, and all kingdom entrepreneurs is, is a higher calling. It's a much higher standard of doing business, hmm. right? You know, Christians in business often 
you know, the, their expression of their faith is to put a Jesus fish on their business card, right? But they, but the way they operate is largely the same as the world. Yeah. The problem with that is it doesn't have any cut through. It doesn't mm. change culture. It, it, you know, it's not a witness to the world because it's too close to the world to speak volumes. So, so the, you know, to be a kingdom entrepreneur, we, we've got to go back to what what has God wanted for humanity ever since the beginning? And what he's wanted is a, is a, is a prosperous group of people that worship him, that live in unity uh, and, and look after each other in many mm. respects. And that is the very opposite of the business world that we find ourselves in, right? You, you've only got to open up the, you know, the, the Australian, the, the business section of the Australian today, and there'll be a, there'll be somebody that's doing a share raid. There'll be an activist investor. There'll be someone tearing down another, you know, corporate CEO. And, and so that's not what God wanted in, in the marketplace. Hmm. And so, you know, to go back to a bit of a biblical story of this, you know, this, this, um, this self-seeking uh, business world that I just explained to you has been around a long time. You know, uh, it, you know, we we could we could take it all the way back to Cain and Abel. Mm. Comes time for an offering, and one brings fat portions of the best animals, and one brother brings a few tatty veggies. Mm. And God actually says to him, "Sin is crouching at your door, and you need to rule over it." And, you know, fast forward, there's a whole generation, there's generations of corruption and God floods the earth and does it again. And then we have Noah's great grandson called Nimrod who sets up Babylon. And the culture of Babylon is a culture of self-interest. It's across any moral boundary. It's me over you. Hmm. And, uh, and, and so that's, that's the antithesis of what God wants in the marketplace. He wants business people to build businesses for the sake of advancing the kingdom, funding mm. projects, you know, fixing social justice issues, looking after the poor and the weak. Mm. And I guess that's the distinction. It's like, what's the purpose of business for a kingdom entrepreneur? It's mm. using the gifts and talents he put inside of us and understanding they weren't put there for us. They were put there for advancing the kingdom of God. And then we outwork those in the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you see as your purpose in the marketplace? I want to see, I mean, this is crazy, but I want to see the, uh, the business world in Australia first uh, be focused on serving others rather than self-interest. Hmm. I actually believe that we can create top-down change in the hmm. marketplace and we can start to swing away from um, immoral, you know, whatever, self-seeking enterprise to enterprise that looks after others because the interesting dynamic that that the marketplace don't understand is when you do business god's way he actually attracts brings favor from heaven to the business and you increase and multiply in ways that you could never have organized yourself so you know just practically you would think that if you go into business make a profit and then give some of that money away to the poor, you'd think you've lost that money. And in a capitalistic sense, you have lost the ability to compound that money. And it's true. The problem is, is that when you do it that way as a kingdom entrepreneur, what the Lord does is come along and applies favor to your business because he knows that you can be trusted with a whole lot more. And the increase that you'll get from the Lord will look very different and be much higher than the increase you could have got by doing it in your own strength. Hmm. And that's what the world needs, right? The, so, so what's my thing? I want to produce enough practitioners of this kingdom entrepreneur model that it becomes the standard and the world looks at us and says, 
you're producing better results than we are. Who is this God that's on your side? Mm, yeah. So this is a question that we ask anyone here on the blueprint, you know, how do you define success, you know, for yourself personally, and I guess you've sort of covered a bit of that, but for also for, you know, business greenhouse and, and kingdom business. Yeah. So, uh, so success for us, um, is balancing the five F's, right? So this is just, and by the way, this is not just some corporate talk. We decided this at a family level before we ever told anybody else about it. Yeah. Like, so as a family and, and, and me, I believe that success is balancing faith, family, finance, fitness, and fun. Hmm. Meaning that every single year we should be you know, increasing in our, in our faith, like more intimate knowledge of Jesus, like walking even closely with him, a better family life. Right. So just working through them all. Hmm. Right. Um, oh, we should be aiming to have more finance at the end of the year than we started so that we can do great projects with it. We should be, we should have greater fitness at the end of the year than when we started, which is hard during COVID, you know, and we should be, <laughs> you know, factoring in way more fun. So, so once we decided that that's what success looks like, you've got to put systems and processes around it. Mm. So for example, um, I love to work, like I love to work. Um, and interestingly, the word work and the word worship is the same word in scripture. Mm. Um, and so I could very easily neglect the people that matter most to me, you know, just because I could consumed with work. And so my way around that to make sure I'm balancing family and fun is on the 1st of January every year, I take a big wall calendar and we drop our family time in there first before mm. I ever organize business and travel. Yeah. And that way we've, we've got something to look forward to throughout the year with our trips and our, and our time away and time with each other. Mm. Now that's good stuff. And you're definitely talking my language, you know, lifestyle balances is, is, as you know, you know, um, high on my, uh, agenda for, for my business, but also for myself um personally um so what year were you in port macquarie you, you know i think i first met you when you came to port macquarie was that 2018 yeah so we got there in 17 oh 2017 yeah. yeah so yeah so we spent we spent most of 17 and very early 18 in port macquarie yeah okay so i've sort of seen i think the first um uh, you know, encounter with you that I had was as at a live event that I think Evan, uh, organized. And, um, you know, I loved, uh, listening to that. I love what you had to say and, you know, bought your book and, and kind of, um, you know, I suppose got to know you before you uh, ever got to know me. Um, so I've seen business greenhouse and, and kingdom business kind of evolve from my view, kind of rapidly in that time you've gone from, you know, going from city to city to elevation. Um, and that, but that was still, you know, in a big room doing corporate training, you've gone to the, the kingdom business network, which I think is, you know, these small groups and now, uh, kingdom business university or KBU, which is, you know, it's a different model again. And I think it's leveraging, you know, the, the great things about having uh, small groups, which I'm a, a huge fan of. Um, you know, what's driving that shift for you? You know, what's motivating these developments? Is it purely business or, you know, is there something else behind it? You know, what's, what's driving that? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, we haven't probably progressed from one to the other of those things that you mentioned. They're actually mm. all still in play. Stacking up kind of so, thing. Yeah, we're stacking. And the yeah. reason why I'm stacking is because, uh, 
I want to touch as many lives as I possibly can. So I'm creating lots of different models for people to kind of find where they fit best. So some of those is a, you know, you know, a, $49 $49 a year membership to, to some small groups and, and it you know, kind of goes up from there. Cause I want to, I want to be able to serve everybody. Yeah. Um, but I, my, my preferred model is small groups because mm. you can, you, you can hold people a lot more accountable. Mm. Um, and so that's why when we launched KBU, which we did only earlier this year, uh, we decided to put people in small group cohorts, mm. you know, because the beauty of digital, of course, is that the economies change, you know, like it, you, like it wouldn't make sense for us to be able to bring 12 people together in a training room on the Gold Coast and make them fly for it. Yeah. But it does make sense to have 12 people in a digital room because you can do 12 yeah. people this hour and 12 people next hour. And, uh, and it starts to make a lot more sense. And so, mm. So that's, you know, that's, it's, it's, it is a balance between, you know, business and what works for the individual. And when you can get small groups to work, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I love the the small group model. Are you still taking on people for that? Are the doors still open for that? I, I, I think there's, I mean, as I sit here today, there's probably a few spots left and then there won't be any for quite a while, like mm. maybe three, four, six months. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were oversubscribed, you know, from, from when we started this year, I think COVID, you know, it became totally acceptable to run a digital coaching program, uh, yeah. because of COVID and, and, uh, you know, for me, it was interesting. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, last year, like every other year, I did about 45 to 50 flights last year around the country and wow. lots of events and, and, and lots of late nights and early mornings. And, uh, and I was whinging to the Lord, uh, in December. And I said, oh, I want you to show me another model because I can't scale this one up. This, this physical meetings, this physical meetings in training rooms is I can't, I can't now go to the States. So I can't, I can't go to the UK. I can't, I can't, you know, take the lid off because of the model. And he said, and so he showed me King KBU and, uh, and, and, and so I sat down with my team in December hmm. before anybody knew what a coronavirus was. And I said, all right, we're yeah, going right. to build this program, but we're going to build it in the second half of 2020 Mm. and then when COVID hit I sat them back down and I said all right let's dust that off but instead of giving us six months we've got six days Mm. and so we built KBU in six days and launched it and and then we're oversubscribed from that moment onwards yeah cool my business has actually got a similar story with um, project space you know um, project space is a project-based learning program for homeschoolers and it's an online completely online program and it took me about a year you know as well as doing everything else to build it in the background. And, um, a lot of times I questioned, you know, is this the right thing to do? But I felt that I was, um, you know, following, uh, you know, something that I, I really needed to do. And if when COVID hit, I kind of felt like I'd been Noah, you know, building the ark. It was like, yeah, the homeschooling had gone from like 5% to 90% kind of overnight. And it was like, you know, come on, you know, this is, that's so good. I, I can help. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, one big question I want to ask is, and you, you kind of um, described it a little bit when you, you know, were talking about your background and your attitude towards, um, you know, struggles and, and things that you faced in the past. Has there been any really big, you know, mistakes that you've made or struggles that you've had that, you know, I don't think that you get to be in your position as a coach without having faced um, some difficult moments and, and some difficult times is there anything that sort of springs to mind as, um, you know, one of those, one of those stories? 
you know, I think uh, I, I've got lots and lots of mistakes that I've made. You know, mm. I think one of the reasons why I do stand up in front of people and talk is because I've I've been willing to make more mistakes than most people. Uh, I just I just try and make them once. And in fact, I would even say that they shouldn't be a mistake if you only make them once. Yeah. You know, I think um, the scholastic system does some good work. But one of the biggest fails, I believe, is it's it's a very pass and fail mentality. And and in school, you get very scared. You get so scared, I think, of failing that you actually it doesn't draw the best out of you. And it didn't draw the best out of me. Yeah. And so in, that doesn't set people up for business. Right. Because mm. in, in business, you need to be willing to take risks all day, every day. And you only really need 51% of them to work out hmm. to get ahead. And so I, I've made tons of mistakes from, you know, from investing a whole bunch of money with somebody in the stock market to go and invest on my behalf. And he turned hmm. it into 400 bucks, you know, <laughs> and that was a very bad day. Yeah. And, but, but what's the lesson? See, this is the thing about mistakes is if you're prepared to look internally and take some responsibility for it and take the lessons and don't do it again, hmm. then it's inevitable that you'll build something great. You know, for me, that moment taught me I'm never going to abdicate investing ever again. If I don't know it and I don't understand it, then I shouldn't be part of it, right? So yeah. what's what's that lesson worth from, you know, I think I was like 27 at the time when that happened or maybe, no, actually maybe maybe 30. Mm. And, uh, you know, and that's a, that's a phenomenal lesson at 30, right? Because yeah. I'm going to be in business until I'm 120. So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot, lot of time. So le lessons like that. I remember I, I went into business with a fellow uh, and, uh, and, and in the rush of setting it up, I was not a signatory on the bank account. And then he just ripped me off and stole money. Like I've mm. got all those stories, right? So, so uh, there's a whole bunch of mistakes and, yeah. and, and, and you know what, you know, this is what we say to our clients all the time. The you should not dwell on the past mistakes because there's going to mm. be so many more in the future. Yeah. Right. Like, like, yeah. We're, we're, like, like, if you think the past ones are bad, there's going to be way more ahead of us. So, <laughs> plenty more where that don't, came don't from. Don't get too caught up in those, right? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think, I think the, you mentioned struggles. Uh, you know, in an effort to be transparent, the biggest struggle that I have every single day of my life is that I want the easy road. Mm. I want the easy road. Yeah. I, I, I think don't, we can I, all relate I, to that. I, and, and every day I have to beat my flesh into submission to want to get up and, and go and play a bigger game. Hmm. And, and, you know, it's, it's even harder after you've made a little bit of money because you don't have to go every day. Hmm. And yeah. that is when you have to find another reason for doing it. Hmm. You, you've got to go beyond, I need to make some dollars to, what's my real reason here? And, you know, and obviously you, you normally find something inside of you, like I want to serve people and help. And hmm. if you don't have that, then you'll quit. And, and so that's the biggest struggle for me is that, you know, every day there's this little voice inside my head that says, you don't need to do this. You should hmm. just quit. Yeah. And, uh, and I have to overrule that with a bigger and louder voice that says, I've got an assignment, you know, I, I want to hear good and faithful servant. I want to play full out. And, uh, and that's, that's the bigger and louder voice, which I'm appreciative of, but it's a struggle every yeah. day. That's a struggle. No, that's so good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, there's a, a guy called Stephen Pressfield. He talks about resistance, you know, like the shadow of a tree. And, you know, the bigger the tree grows, the bigger the, <laughs> the, bigger the shadow gets. And so there's always resistance yeah. there wanting to. That's a good picture. To, to beat you back. Um, let's, let's look at the flip side of that. You know, any big wins or, you know, um, high moments that you can kind of um, take a lot away from? 
Um, yep, I mean, you know, some of them are some of them are purely numerical. Mm. You know, I remember taking two brothers from ten from eighty grand a year in turnover to ten million dollars in two years. Wow! You know, that allowed them to be phenomenal givers and and funding projects and things like that in their church. That was that was a real hoot. Wow! Uh, I am. Um, well, one of the one of the moments for me, if I want a, an actual moment, was uh, we had 800 people at a Kingdom Business Summit on the Gold Coast, and just seeing that many hungry people in the room, learning, you know, leaning forward, taking mm. down notes, you know, deciding in that moment to play full on for the Kingdom of God. To see those 800 people, uh, that that was a moment that I really loved, and. You know, we, we, in that conference, we, we worshiped together, we prayed together, we did prophetic ministry together. Uh, it was, it was a, it was a very special time. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, just what comes to my mind is another one. And I remember, uh, and, and this would, this would trump the other two by a mile in a strange way. I remember uh, I got asked if I would go and see this fellow who was struggling and I went and saw him and, um, and I started working with him and, and, and he's become an amazing friend. But I found out later that that uh, the, the day that I went and saw him, this is going back to about 2006, that day he had decided he was going to take his own life because his business was too hard. Yeah. He decided that day that that night he was going to take his own life. Yeah. And uh, and when he got introduced to me and we started working together, the hope came back. Mm. And now he's got a thriving business and a thriving family. And, it, you know, so that that story, by the way, is that's one that I'll take to my grave. That is, yeah. that is a beautiful thing. <laughs> and I still, I still have, uh, you know, a great relationship with him and, and, uh, you know, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, definitely. That's so good. Um, you've, you've sort of all throughout this interview where you've, you've kind of displayed your attitude and your willingness, you know, to make mistakes and to get up and to go again. Um, you know, if I could ask you, perhaps it's an obvious question, but you know, you could unpack it a little bit for us, you know, how important is mindset? Um, when you're getting into business? Well, it's the first 80%. It's the first 80% of success. It's got to happen inside your head. Mm. You know, um, you know, I, I spend my days teaching people Facebook ads and Google ads and how to recruit and how to fire and how to create systems manuals so their business grows. The problem is, though, is that if we don't actually crack the, the mind, if we don't crack the coconut first, all the strategy in the world means nothing. Hmm. You're right. You know, you know, if people are seeing themselves as grasshoppers, it doesn't matter what strategy they've got. It just won't work. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, it, it, we, it's, it's that, it's that identity. It's how we see ourselves first and foremost, that makes a massive difference. You know, you know, the story of the 12 spies, they go to the promised land, they come back 10 say, there's no way we could go there. There's massive fortified cities to come back and go, yeah, there's massive fortified cities, heaps of fruit, bananas, pomegranates, and we can do it. Mm. You know, that's, that's the difference. And that's what mindset does. And I'm always, I'm always cautious to spend too much time on mindset because there's a new age woo woo world that has ruined it. Mm. But the truth of the matter is, is that we, we've got to shift our identity to be a royal priesthood more than a conqueror and those sort of things and own it, not just be able to say it and recite it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, it's about being mentally tough, you know, mm. mentally tough. You know, one of the things I was, I was thinking about just yesterday was when we, when we want to train up a pilot, 
what one of the things that we do with a pilot and by the way there's a lot at stake with a pilot right if it goes wrong then it's it's a it's a it's a big problem so one of the things that we do to make them mentally tough is they spend hours and hours and hours and hours in a simulator mm. practicing turns practicing landing practicing takeoffs and i think to myself you know well, that's one of the things that i did i didn't have a, a simulator i had my own mind all right and i could yeah. do the same thing by visualizing and meditating and focusing on what do i want my life to look like how is it going to go what happens when this turns out what happens when this turns up and and you can role play in your own mind so that you're so mentally tough that when the challenges come and they will within the first 5 minutes of business hmm. you've got that you know resource there to draw from to be able to pound through so you know, uh, mindset, you, you can spend too long on mindset, I believe. Like, um, I think it was Einstein that said there comes a time in every man's life when he's got to stop learning and start doing, mm. right? So we do need to do and we do need to execute, but it is definitely both sides of the coin. If you haven't worked on your own mindset to be able to see success, to even think you can, you'll sabotage it. So if you, if you don't have that, then any strategy is not going to work. But if you've only got a mindset and you don't actually do any strategy, then you won't get there either. So you've got to have both sides of those coins to be able to do well. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, whereas you've obviously got, you know, a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, a lot of good uh, content to offer. Um, where can people go to connect with you and, you know, and stay connected with you and find out more about uh, what you've got to share? Yeah, I'll point people to a couple of things. Um, we, we've got a pretty active YouTube channel. Uh, so people can go to youtube.com forward slash kingdom business. YouTube.com forward slash kingdom business. There's always and I'll put all these links there. just below. Um, Perfect. So, yeah. Uh, and then if you want to have a look at a website, just go to kingdombusiness.com.au, kingdombusiness.com.au. And there's a whole bunch of free stuff on there, videos, resources, training, downloads. And, uh, and, and I think that'd be a nice place to start. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much, Wes, for, you know, sharing your time. You're obviously um, making an impact uh, in a lot of people's lives through their businesses. Um, but you, you, you do have a holistic approach. You don't just coach um, business. You, as you've talked about, you coach mindset, you coach uh, lifestyle balance as well. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. And it's been an absolute um, pleasure to be able to spend some time with you. That's great to chat with you, Andrew. All right. Thanks very much, Wes. And there you have it. Some great insights from Wes Hone, one of Australia's leading business coaches who clearly has a vision for making a positive difference in this world and helping others to build their business. Now, if you haven't connected directly with Wes yet, I highly recommend that you check out the links uh, below, but particularly his YouTube channel. I'm subscribed to that. It keeps me notified and i love it you know it's just able to provide a word in season to spur me on in my own business so uh, that's a that's a really good thing that you can do and speaking of my own business and how i'm helping others i just want to encourage you if you haven't already go and take the lifestyle design quiz okay so we've recently upgraded the quiz and you've just heard on the interview with wes when you're building a great business you know and being a positive role model in your family and looking after your health and well-being and having fun and connecting at a deep level with your partner you know all of these things that make life so rich then lifestyle design is so important and a great way that you can do that and start supporting your own success is to start with the lifestyle design quiz 
You know, when you take that quiz, it'll give you a free personalized report that outlines your strength profile, your focus for growth, and embedded within that is some personalized coaching questions that you can answer to help you get even clearer on your vision and what matters most to you. So that's the lifestyle design quiz. There's a link below. I highly recommend that you do that. Or you can just go to lifestyledesignquiz.com. Go and do that now. It'll only take you 10 minutes. Thank you once again for tuning in. Remember to subscribe so that you're always the first to know when we release a new episode. I hope that you have an absolutely wonderful week. Bye for now.